Welcome to there podcast land. You have set you down once again to combat sports with Ryan. Your first best in all encompassing combat sports podcast episode 59. Man, this time is just flying by. I love it. Uh, today's guest is going to be pro Muay Thai fighter Chrissy the Doll Yandoli. So check her out a little bit later on in the episode. So today, our intro and our schedule are going to be episode 59 is going to have one of our full breakdowns of UFC Fight Island 8. Uh, my breakdown of UFC 257, just the main card from both of these uh, cards, because there's two cards, because we had the rare double card week. Uh, the return of Drea's drop of the night, except for it's going to be Rhino's drop of the night in honor of Drea, because Drea is sick once again this week. Our Twitter and voice questions from the Rhino gang, 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 gang. And then, like I said, the aforementioned Bad Mama Jamma, Chrissy the Doll Yandoli, pro Muay Thai fighter, MMA fighter, Supreme, goes 10 miles of Rhino. So... As we'd love to say every week, let's get our swim jumps on, flip the on, and dive right in. Fight Island 8 coming also from Abu Dhabi this past Wednesday morning. We had Tom Breeze versus Omari Amadov. Uh, uh, this was Omari getting the sub at uh, the second round. This was a fun fight. This was a quick fight at 185. Tom Breeze, the tough Brit, tried everything he could, but uh, Akamadov just was too much for him. Got the submission with the arm triangle in the second. Moving into the 145-pound division, we had Lerone Murphy versus Douglas Andrade. This, this was some nice punches by uh, Lerone in the first. Uh, I definitely gave him the first round. The the Andrade uh, takedown in the second, I uh, kind of leaned towards him for the second round. And then in the third, it was more back and forth, but Lerone Murphy showed his grit, showed his toughness. I went 10-9 for him. He got the unanimous decision in that one. Moving into a fight I was very much looking forward to and then really didn't full-on deliver for me, to be honest, was uh, 125 was Tyson Nam versus Matt Danger Snell. Danger! Danger! I was really stoked on this. I thought this was going to be a firefight. It was far more methodical. It was far uh, lower pace than I considered it. I thought it was going to be. Tyson kept the pressure on, but Danger's uh, outlanded him. So I gave you know I gave the fight to Matt Schnell. So did the judges. Split decision, Matt Schnell, and that one at 125. Moving into the one that kind of hurt the most, old Roxy, our girl, the happy warrior, Montefiore versus Viviana Rujo. Vivian was a killer from start to finish. Stiff shots early was knocking Roxy around. Roxy's got that real herky-jerky movement. Um, you know, stayed on the feet for the most of the time. Arujo was just a step ahead in every facet. When it did go to the ground, like when Roxy was able to take her, take her down, Vivian was able to reverse it, take her back, land more shots. It was just all Vivian the entire fight. Uh, big big ups to Roxy. I'm always going to be a Roxy fan. Love Roxy, and I think she'll be back. Uh, long-time veteran, but, man, Vivian is on fire right now. So great win for Vivian. You name his decision over Roxanne. Uh, moving into the 205 division, this one was a fucking great shot. Ike Villanueva versus Vinicius Morea. And this one was two big, huge 205ers, man. They both looked like they deserved to be in the heavyweight division. They must both cut a lot of weight. But this was not the most technical fight. Uh, the quick version is this. Vinicius threw uh, something. I believe uh, <laughs> I believe DC called it a punch kick at the same time, even though it really wasn't. Ike hit him with a huge shot. Put him to sleep. That was all she wrote for that one. Big win for the tough Texan, Ike Villanueva, getting his first UFC win. All right, moving into the co-main event, we had Worley Alves versus Munir Laziz. This one was 
fucking incredible, dude. Worley Alves, first of all, Worley came out very fast, very aggressive, was throwing everything. Munir seemed to be a little bit overwhelmed. Then Worley threw a, a fucking beautiful three-body kick uh, combination that Hurley's who was kind of falling down. Worley finished on top of him with some with some strikes. Holy smokes, he blitzed. Man, he really did a good job against Laziz. Worley Alves showed what's up, got the first-round TKO win. Uh, moving into the heavy, I mean, heavyweights, you're right. Moving into the 170-pound division for our main event, we had Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. Uh, I gave Neil Magny one round, dude. <laughs> it was almost entirely Michael Chiesa Im- imposing his will, getting Neil on the ground, doing not really devastating ground and pound, but just kind of having control the whole time. So Chiesa won four rounds to one. I think that's how the judges had it as well. You name his decision for Michael Chiesa. Uh, he called out Colby Covington. And I really think I like that fight. I like that matchup. I think it'd be a fun one to watch. And uh, yeah, Michael Chiesa gets the big win over Neil Magny in the main event of UFC Fight Island 8. On Wednesday morning, so whew, getting into the pay per view from last night, we had the main of main card. Yet again, like I said, we're not doing the prelims on this one. <clears throat> we had the 115 pound division. We had Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Rebos. Everybody's uh, not everybody, but a lot of people love Amanda Rebos because she's so bubbly and you know personable and puts out a lot of videos and seems always be in a great mood. Um, they came out firing, you know, Rebus got on top for a lot of round one, but Rodriguez was trying things from the bottom, nothing major. And then dude, <laughs> the second round, Maria cracks Amanda with a right stuns her, staggers her, you know, uh, puts her on the ground, stops fighting Herb Dean. For some reason, it looked like he was stopping the fight. Marina took that to be the, the fight was over, turns and starts running away like she had won. Herb's like, I didn't stop the fight. Amanda kind of gamely took back to her feet for a minute, but Rodriguez came in through a beautiful little inside elbow, a couple more shots. Herb Dean stops the fight. So second round TKO for Marina Rodriguez over the tough prospect, Amanda Rebos, in 115 pounds. Already moving into Andrew Sanchez versus Mahmoud Muradov in 185 pound or middleweight, as we call it in the UFC. Uh, not much landing for both guys during the first round. They were both seemed pretty nervous. We we're kind of throwing wild, you know, very high energy, not a lot of you know what I mean? Not a lot of great technique. Uh, in the second, an early nut shot on Muradov slowed things down. They both seem to kind of slow down. Lots of one-two game in this one. Muradov landed some beautiful body punches. And then, oh my gosh, beautiful overhead left behind the ear, kind of, you know, th- from Muradov onto Sanchez. Kind of staggered Sanchez, kind of did the stanky leg, you know, <laughs> was falling his way back. Um, Muradov finished with with a few more shots, a beautiful flurry, great win for Mahmoud Muradov over Andrew Sanchez. Moving into another 25-pound division for the women, we had Jessica I versus JoJo Calderwood. Uh, the, this was a fun fight for me because I really like JoJo Calderwood, just her personality. I like the way that she's progressed over time. I think she's so sweet and nice. Jessica, I say what you will. She can be very cringy at times. I don't want to go too hard on her because my girl, Brat MMA is a huge fan. And um, Jessica, I had good forward pressure. She tried to make the fight. She was a little wild and loopy and Jojo kept on getting her in the tie plum throwing those little, nothing was devastating, right? But throwing a lot of beautiful knees, a lot of short elbows, short punches. It, it was a fun, um, 
it was a fun way to watch Jojo progress in really trying to implement her, her, her teeps, her front kicks, and the Muay Thai game versus Jessica I, who was really just kind of looking to swing and clinch. So Jojo Calderwood got the very clear unanimous decision uh, in this one at 125. So she moves on in her career up the ladder. Jessica I definitely is going to slide back down quite considerably. Uh, moving into our co-main event, we had Dan the Hangman Hooker versus the UFC debuting. Michael Chandler, who is a longtime Bellator fighter, uh, champion over there at 155 for Bellator. Michael Chandler comes in. <clears throat> they are both kind of trading, kind of figure out their distance, if you will. And then like a crack of lightning, a right hand to the body and then a left to the jaw from Michael Chandler to Dan Hooker drops hooker dude and then <laughs> Chandler got on top landed a whole bunch of serious right hands before the referee pulled him off first round TKO for Michael Chandler Woo, we got a question about him a little bit later on in the right okay but big win for him in his UFC debut and then there was our main event <laughs> the return of the notorious Conor McGregor <clears throat> versus long time I'm going to say I'm going to say he's on the best streak of his career. I mean, look at who he's beat like this last seven out of his last eight fights taking away the beat fight. Dustin the Diamond Poirier. First round was it was fun. Uh, Conor McGregor seemed to land a little bit harder shots. He staggered Dustin a couple times. There was some decent clinch work by both against the cage. A lot of shoulder punches. The shoulder strikes were definitely uh, being employed by both guys. And then in the second round, you know, they're exchanging. Uh, Dustin has his back against the fence. He kind of he kind of pivots around, you know, he re-angles, uh, hurts, hurts, hurts kind of a little bit. And then yeah, I think he kind of sensed it. So he started throwing a really nice, long, stiff combination, which Connor was ducking and dodging for a while, but then he got caught and it stunned him. Then he got caught again. And then as he was on his butt from the first right hand, uh, Dustin landed another one, which put Connor out. 2.30 left in the round number two. Connor McGregor gets TKO'd by Dustin the Diamond Poirier, which, and then Twitter both rejoiced and cried, depending on who you're rooting for. It was crazy. Big event, big fight feel. Uh, had the crowd back. I mean, I know they were still socially distanced, and it wasn't a full crowd, but it felt like uh, it kind of felt like an old school big prize fight. It really did. And there was a lot of social media attention, as always is when Connor fights. So, yeah, big, big, huge. Major win for Dustin Diamond Poirier over Conor McGregor. McGregor said pretty was pretty humble in defeat. He said, "Look, he's like I haven't been active enough in here. Um, I need to go back to the drawing board and I need to become more active." Which leads me to believe we're going to see him a lot more in the uh, in the next couple of years because he's only thirty two and he hasn't had a ton of fights or wear and tear on him. So very very cool fun night last night. I know a lot of people had streaming issues, which we'll get into for another time. <laughs> but really fun card last night. Uh, Definitely lived up to it at UFC 257, and both underdogs uh, won in the co-main and main. So at least they were underdogs on mine. I'm not sure about that. I don't do betting. I'm not sure about the odds on that. But, yeah, both guys that I thought were going to have a hard time both won in the co-main and main. So very, very cool. All right, D-Rains, let's go ahead. and Because Dre is sick again, I'm going to do this week's Dre's Drop of the Night. Drop of the Night. So my Drop of the Night last night, dude, is going to have to be – uh, it's going to have to be Dustin and Diamond Poirier. I know there was a couple other drops that were probably a little bit better, both on the prelims. And, and um, But here's the thing. It was the most important drop of the night. 
I'm Conor McGregor, so that's what I'm going to choose for this week's in her honor. Drea's drop of the night goes to Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, over Conor, the notorious Conor McGregor. So big ups to you on that one. Uh, no picks for, there's no UFC card this upcoming weekend, so no picks for that one. So that's going to lead us right into our Twitter questions. So D. Reigns, I'm going to go ahead and read these and then answer them. <laughs> Alrighty, D Reigns. Our first question comes from my girl Jess, the Scream Queen Supreme, and her question this week is: uh, Here's a question for y'all's show because she's from Texas, <laughs> via Arizona. Um, here's my layout, and how do you guys think it sh- could go? Which is Dustin versus Charles for the vacant title, Chandler versus Justin Gaethje for the uh, winner to face the winner, Connor versus Ferguson. To her, these make the most sense. What is my take on these lightweight matchups? So great question, Jess. As far as the first two, I'm a thousand percent on board. Um, I love the idea of um, I love the idea of the of Dustin and Du Bronx fighting for the 155 pound title. I love the idea of the of Chandler and Gaethje fighting for the number one contender spot. I balk a little bit on Tony and Connor because I want to see Nate. And I want to see Connor three so bad. I think that's the fight that everybody's going to be really hyped about. It makes sense. They're both coming off a loss. Um, I'd like to see Tony fight somebody not quite as good of a striker as Connor next, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I love those first two matchups. I absolutely think that's how it should go. Is it going to go that way? It could. I think it's got a good chance. So, yeah, I'm definitely for it. I guarantee those first two matchups for sure. Love it. Jess, thank you so very much for that question, my friend. Scream Queen Supreme in the house. All right, moving into our girl, Sin City Sarah. And like I said, this is not the easiest to do on my own, so bear with me. Um, We've got Sin City Sarah as our next question. And her question is, my general thoughts on Hooker, uh, the Hooker-Chandler fight. And now that I've seen uh, Chandler fight in the UFC, who should his next matchup be? And what do I think about him calling out Habib? Uh, I think the Habib call-out is not going to ever take place, dude. I really think that Habib is – I think Habib is retired. I don't think he's coming back, and if he does, it's not going to be for a while, and I definitely don't want to hold up the division. Like we were just talking about in Jess's question, uh, Sarah, I love the idea of – because like you said, Chandler's only had one fight, and it lasted just a couple minutes <laughs> or whatever it was, four minutes. Um I really would like to see Chandler fight Gaethje. I think that's a great matchup. I think that is a clear uh, number one contender fight, and I would love to see. Plus, I just love the matchup. You know, Justin was a longtime king over at WSOF, and then Chandler was a longtime king in Bellator. I just think it's got a cool backstory, cool narrative. We've never seen him fight, and I really, I really think that'd be a cool one to watch. So for me, I would love to see Chandler versus Dustin. I'm sorry. Chandler versus Justin Gaethje next. That's my uh, that's my take on that one. I totally agree with Jess. So thank you so much, Sarah. Sarah Sarah's YouTube channel is hilarious, you guys. So if you want to laugh, she is so funny. So check her out on her YouTube channel, uh, Sin City Sarah. Very, very great friend of the show. We love her. All right. Moving into my girl, APB. APB, what do you got for us this week, dear? All right. So APB says, her question is, what's up with the, the Herb Deed Phantom Stoppage? Uh, was he actually trying to stop it or what was he doing? Should he have stopped it when we thought he was going to stop it? 
or did he stop it at the right time when he stopped it for real? So, yeah, I think this was, I think there was a comedy of errors that took place in this one, APB. The the thing about it was, Herb Dean, first of all, I think for the most part, he's a very good official. He's been around a long time. H- highly skilled, good, you know, he makes mistakes here and there, but I think overall he's a good referee. What happened was Marina um, really hurt Amanda. It looked like Herb had kind of come in aggressively and kind of got in between them. He didn't say stop. He didn't pull Marina away. Therefore, uh, Rodriguez should have kept on going. She didn't. She thought the fight was over. She tried running away. Rebos grabbed her by the leg. Um, again, she ran away to celebrate. They, the fight restarted. She was pointing at Herb saying, didn't you stop the fight? And Herb was like, I didn't stop anything. They get right back to it. Thankfully, mercifully, and correctly, the fight was over very soon thereafter, and it was called. This is absolutely the bigger mistake on Herb Dean's part for coming in aggressively as he did, making Marina think that he stopped the fight. That's the majority of the problem. The smaller of the of the problems is that Rodriguez thought that she should stop the fight on her own instead of absolutely being sure that Herb said stop or by pulling her away. You need to go until you are pulled away or told to stop. I get the sportsmanship aspect of it. When you drop somebody, you think they're out and you want to stop. You don't want to continue to, you know, to put pain on them, right? Or to injure somebody. I get that. I know that. Um, That's why it's more on Herb than it is on her. But you really need to keep going until you are sure that the referee is pulling you off or saying stop. So, yeah, it was a a mistake on Herb's part. A little smaller mistake on Marina. But, you know, all's well that ends well on that one because the right person won. So thank you very much, APB. Uh, let's move into our D-Ray. Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. I know our first one comes from my homie Juice from the Funny Way Myself podcast and Breaking the Fourth Wall. Fair play to Dustin, you know what I mean? He he, he came in there, threw a beautiful right hand. <laughs> I'm drinking tears of Conor McGregor fans this morning with my coffee, and it is beautiful. We told you for weeks, dude, Dustin's going to knock out your boy. Everyone's like, oh, well... You know, heart says Dustin, but brain says Connor. I mean, look what he did on the first fight. Ugh, <laughs> y'all ain't shit. Anyway, um, Rhino, this is a serious question. Um, oh, by the way, this is Juice from the Funny With Myself podcast, which is coming back. And what do you think is next for Connor? Like, he's he's built for big fights and coming off a lot. I mean, lots of Dustin isn't something to, to sneeze at, but, you know, what does he do now? Fight Chandler? Like... You know what I mean? Is it now time for the Nate trilogy? What do we do? Also, what's next for Dustin? Get at me. Love you, homie. Sorry I'm salty. <laughs> to full disclosure, I am one of those people who said uh, heart Dustin, brain Connor. <laughs> but, dude, I'm all in on what happened last night. I'm so thrilled for Dustin. That was absolutely what I was hoping was going to happen. Um, I did think Connor was going to be able to catch him uh, at some point and hurt him and win the fight. So I was really glad I was wrong. I'm not a huge Connor fan. I never have been. Um, but he really was a different kind of guy last night. So he's much more humble, respectful, and kind of focused on the fight more than the antics. So I do appreciate that. Uh, of course, I love Dustin winning. But for me, dude, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I am so in on Connor Nate three, dude. Both are coming off losses. 
it's it was such a fucking close fight in the second one. I know Nate subbed him in the first fight, but the, the second fight was so close. It really could have gone either way. They both got to win. Let's make the rubber match happen. It's just, it makes sense on so many fronts. It's got to be a 155, though, dude. I think that's perfect. So, yeah, I really, really want to see Connor, Nate, three. Put the trilogy to bed. I'm so into it. I can't wait to see it. I really hope it happens. So, thank you very much, Juicy Fruit. Bye-bye. All right, I know our next one comes from my dear friend, graphic designer of the stars, the the Einstein of graphic designers at will, my man Dave Fretz, and my little homie Judah. What do you got this week, Dave? Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, sure, you have lots of questions regarding Connor and Dustin and Chandler and, oh, somebody wants to say hi here. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Ottman getting fired. Um, totally makes sense to me. I, I, I think he should, uh, but it's such a shame. I remember thinking the last time that guy was out, um, uh, yeah, just the last couple of innings. Man, he, he's a, a beast. Um, it's pretty sad. Um, anyways, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm sure I'll get all my questions about Chandler and Dustin and everybody else and Connor answered uh, through others' questions. Talk to you soon, man. Peace. Oh, Hotman as a tire man is a really man. He's a really good fighter, tough prospect, undefeated dude. This is one of the strangest, most selfish and irresponsible moves that he could have possibly made. We are in a global pandemic right now. The fact that we're even getting fights is, is incredible. Safety measures are put in place for that very reason to keep other people safe. I, don't, I haven't heard of one fighter who's gotten it, who's passed away, right? Because they are young, they're in shape. This is not something that they are worried about them dying. However, if you are passing that to, could have been anybody else if you're not following the protocols. And that is where you have to really cop, like, you have to ask yourself, what kind of common sense do you have, dude? These, you only have to be in your hotel room, you know, quarantining for a couple of days or whatever it is. And then you're supposed to be doing your fight, which you should be focused on. And I don't know what was in the bag, right? I mean, it's, it's all murky details with this whole situation, but the long and short of it is this, you were over there to fight, to do your job and continue your career in the sport that you're supposed to be, uh, trying to ascend the level and, and, and become a champion. In. And you were more concerned about outside things, not following the protocol and the safety measures put in place and ergo not caring about what happens to anybody else besides yourself. I, I can't believe this is what went down. It is a very, it's sad at the end of the day because the dude lost his gig. And now I think that was the absolute right move. Get him out of there. You can't follow protocols that are going to keep people safe during this time. You got to go. So I'm sorry to see that. I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere. Really good fighter, but I think it was absolutely the right move to get rid of him for breaking protocol over there at Abu Dhabi. So thank you so much, Dave. If you guys have already, absolutely check out Dave Fretz artwork on Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and on Instagram. He is the Einstein of every design, like I said, and my Broski. Thank you so much. And hello, Judah. Hope you're having a good day, buddy. All right, let's move into our last one. Comes from my dear girl, Gina G-Spot. From the Wocast and Shots Fired pods. Gina, what do you got for us, my friend? Rhino, what up? It's just Gina MMA from Shots Fired and the Wocast. What up? I hope you're having a wonderful day. I have a quick question. What did you think of Juliana Pena's 
call out and also not just a call out. What did you think of her performance as well? I don't think the call out was title shot worthy. And I don't think her performance, even though it was a sub, wasn't title shot worthy either. Nothing she did made me think that she should go up against Amanda Nunes. And if you check the blogs and you check Twitter, Amanda Nunes agrees with me. What are your thoughts on this call out? I think Juliana Pena needs a whole lot of work, especially with the hands. I love her grittiness, but she's not ready for Amanda. And I think she needs a couple more wins. What are your thoughts, Rhino? Have a good day. Love you, boo. Okay, so let's 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 look at this from the beginning. So I thought Sarah McMahon clearly won the first round with the control, with the top control, a little bit of GMP. Pena, even though she was on the bottom some, I gave her the second round. She threw up a lot of subs. She was landing a little bit, little you know, a little ground and pound here and there as well. Um, in in the third round, Pena got the sub. I expected her to win. I think we all expected Juliana Pena to win. It, it wasn't her best performance ever. I will give her the the kind of the pass of it's very hard to look good against a really great and dominant wrestler like Sarah McMahon. That being said, she got the win. She should have gotten the win. Did she look great? No, she looked pretty good. It was a good win, not a great win. She didn't look one of those things that we're all going to be talking about for weeks to come. Um, here's the sidebar. She called out Amanda Nunez. Now, your first instinct is right, and I had it as well. Like, oh, wow, that's. I don't think that was a performance or you're in a position to call out Amanda Nunez. But then as I thought about it more and as I looked at it more, Amanda Nunez has basically cleared out 135. 145 has been a barren wasteland since its inception. Uh, she's, of course, beat everybody in that. And it's like, what, five five girls deep, maybe? I, I don't know what else there is for her to do once she gets through Megan Anderson, which I believe she's going to do. And I, know, I pretty much think we all do. Amanda Nunez is the GOAT. So I give Juliana Pena absolute props for calling out the goat, and at least, at least it would be new blood. At least it would be somebody new. It would be somebody who I don't think is scared of Amanda at one thirty-five. It would be new blood to see Amanda fight at one thirty-five, which she's got to have opponents, right? Juliana Payne is a dangerous person. She's a dangerous striker. She's more dangerous on the ground, so it provides some interest in uh, maybe she could get something done. Do I think Amanda Nunes is the GOAT? Yes. Do I think she would win that fight? I do. I, I'm not sure. You feel the same way? I know a lot of people do. But again, we got to keep the division moving forward. It doesn't matter how great she is. She's got to have opponents. Juliana Payne is as good as anybody else. For Amanda's next shot at 135, unless she's going you know, to fight uh, Valentina to come up, I think Juliana Payne is as good as anybody else and can provide her some problems. I'd like to see that fight, to be honest. So that's my answer on that one, Gina. Thank you so much. For asking my friend, if you guys haven't already, absolutely check out one of my most favorite podcasts in the world, Shots Fired. She's also on the WoCast with my man, Mike Morgan. Uh, dude, Gina is so good on the mic. I love her. Thank you so much. Great friend of the show. Thank you so much, Gina. So before we get into our uh, interview with Chrissy the Doll, Yandoli, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, 
any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. We've got ourselves a very special treat today. As I love to say on Combat Sports with Rhino, we are not just an MMA show. We are a fully functional combat sports show. We all love to talk about not just MMA, but boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, and every other combat sport there is. I have got a very special guest today, pro Muay Thai badass, future MMA star, Chrissy the Doll Yandoli. Thank you so very much for joining me today, my friend. Yes, thank you for having me. I am very, very stoked. I, uh, you know, like I said, I love to go all the way across all the realms of combat sports. And it's so cool to talk to somebody who uh, not only has been a longtime pro uh, Muay Thai fighter, but is now kind of in the early stages of her MMA career. I am so stoked. You are a perfect guest to have on. I'm thrilled to have you. So, Chrissy, let's go ahead and dive right in. Round oh. one is where we find out where and how you got started in the world of combat sports. Uh, oh my goodness. I get asked this question a lot. And like, I feel like a lot of people have these like awesome stories and I don't, um, I got dragged to a show. We're not going to say how many years ago, okay. <laughs> um, but I got dragged to this like random, like, you know, local smoker show. And my friends are like, Oh, you want to go here and see like my friend fight? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, in the parking lot? Like, what's going on? Like, I had no idea, like, that this world, like, even existed at the time. Um, it was before, like, UFC was UFC. Like, let's just put it that way. Got it. I get there, and it's, like, this kickboxing show, and I'm watching it, and I was, like, in total awe of the whole thing. I had this little paper program that I was, like, reading, like, it was the Bible of, of sports or whatever, and I literally was, like, I need to do this. There's no girls I don't know why. So I, I took the program home and I found a random gym that was just like in there that had a fighter. And I walked in on that Monday and I was like, hi, I saw you guys like on Friday and I want to fight. And they just looked at me like, who's this crazy blonde girl? <laughs> <laughs> and um, like two months later, I had my first fight, which I really don't um, recommend doing that because I got in there and I had no idea what was going on. But like, whatever, it was fine. It was fine. And then that's it. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you're right. Everybody does have a story, and it, they're always so different, which is why I love to ask this question every time we lead off our interviews, because everyone's just so different. That's a very that's just as good as any, let me assure you. Um, after years of Muay Thai, what kind of prompted the idea of getting into mixed martial arts? Um, I actually had left my original stand-up gym, because it really was just like doing stand-up and all different types of kickboxing. I kind of started doing American kickboxing, which a lot of people don't even know what it is. And that is um, kickboxing that's all above the waist. So it's basically boxing with kicks, but all the kick like there was no low kicks, none of that. And then as the sport grew, um, I, I kind of just, 
evolved with it into like a sand show fight. I actually went to California and fought one of Kung Lee's um, students there in Sancho, which was something I never did before. But I was like, hey, here I am. Next thing you know, <laughs> I've never been there, but whatever. I didn't care. That's kind of like my motto when it comes to fighting. Um, and then I was just evolving with it and I wanted to learn MMA. Like I saw it. I was interested. Like I know half of it is how like I always like, but I'm like, I can stand up and strike and like, I just need to learn the other stuff. So I came and found Long Island MMA. And um, I've been there for almost 11 years. So from being there and like watching all the jits and like, you know, watching everyone do MMA and I'm like, all right, all right, I like this, this is cool. Like I can do it. And um, yeah, that's how that started. So I actually do have four, four amateur MMA fights before I went pro. So I had to get that out of the way. I was like, let me just get a couple of those as a sure. <laughs> and then I'll start pro and kickboxing. Cause like I kind of ran out of people to fight um as a kickboxer amateur so we had to go pro there um didn't really make that much easier though honestly <laughs> yeah that's a popular misconception you think that once you go into the pro game it's going to be a lot easier to find fights and fight yeah, no. it's going to happen more often <laughs> it doesn't work out that way across the board of combat sports let, let, let me assure you especially on the regional level um i know that very well firsthand so um i'm going to go out of order because you kind of set up this next question perfectly oh. So I'm going to go ahead and go to this next one. So we are talking about you're a longtime stand-up fighter. Uh, you've had lots of experience standing up. But which has been the harder thing to learn or that has been um, a harder or more difficult journey to adapt to either the wrestling or the jujitsu factor of your MMA career? Um, for me, I mean, we're just going to give everyone all my inside dirt. But for That's me, right. wrestling is the hardest for me to be honest, wrestling. I like jits. I like the whole, like, I like the submissions. I love, like, I just like the whole ground game. Um, wrestling. I'm, I feel like I'm just a little lanky for it. It's more of like a, <laughs> it's more of a fluid thing that I just don't have. The right. Fluid to that. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty in that one. Yeah. And no, I assure you that, uh, that it won't matter uh, down the line if someone knows that you were struggling at the time about I'm wrestling because we know you're going to improve uh, even vastly from this time that we're talking to the next time you're in the cage. So no worries on that, my friend. So getting back to – so now I'm going to bounce back to my original question, which was many Muay Thai fighters have done very well uh, at the high levels of MMA, particularly the UFC. You want to talk about Valentina, champion. Joanna, former champion. Jermaine, former champion. Why do you think some – uh, what do you think are some of the advantages of that Muay Thai background as it applies to the MMA cage? Um, hmm, that's a good one, actually. It's a really I'm good a one. really good. I'm a really good interviewer. I can't help myself. <laughs> Answer. And I, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why it's such a good question. I feel like personally, it's easier for someone who's a seasoned striker who has the movement of a striker um, to get good at the ground. But and not, I'm not saying like not you know, dissing any ground girls, you know, but, um, I personally feel, and even if you watch a lot of, especially women, because it, women were usually at the women that are coming up now, were usually one or the other and learned the other one, kind of like how I am. Um, but I feel like strikers that have been around for a while, like Valentina, Joanna, like all of those girls, um, they're, they're fluid in their standup. Where I feel like a lot of the girls that are from the ground, like that are, are jits girls, like black belts and judo and BJJ and all that, they're not fluid on their feet. 
as fluid as like someone who like as a Valentina. They're not as fluid. It, I, I feel like the footwork and the way that you strike is a, a lot harder to learn. And it's more maybe almost can't even learn it. Like it's you either have it or you don't. I know exactly That's what you're funny. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear exactly what I you're saying. Girls trying to come after me now, but you know, <laughs> we're in the fight business, right? That's what we do. Um, so I'm a big fan of the teep. Okay, when it's done correctly, it is a weapon unlike any other in combat sports. It, it's almost like in boxing, we have our jab, right? Our jab is a range finder. It, mm -hmm. It's good for scoring points, and it kind of gets you into the flow of the fight. The teep is that times two, right? Because it's twice as long. I mean, it really is a strike that I feel is highly underused. What are a couple of techniques in the stand-up game that you really like to employ when you're in the ring fighting an actual fight? Um, the teeth is probably, if you ever watched one of my full fights, um, it is not underused when I'm fighting. <laughs> it is sure. one of my most favorite kicks because I feel like you can teep somebody anywhere, whether it's a teep or a front kick. I mean, it's all the same thing, right? Um, I love that. The front kicks are my absolute favorite. Like you said, it's a, it's like a jab. Jab is also one of my favorite strikes. So being a longer fighter, I mean, I um, I tend to fight at 115. I like 115, 120 if there's a catch weight thing, and I'm 5'8". So, and most of that is my legs. So <laughs> <laughs> they're my favorite. I do use a lot of, um, I guess, flashy kicks if you would... I, some people say they're flashy, but like my second favorite kick to use in a fight is an axe kick, to be honest. Oh, uh, there's a, don't see yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have seen, I have, I, you know, of course I did some research before we had you on. And so I, I had seen a lot of teep use. Um, and then there's also a great picture on your IG of you throwing an axe kick in a fight, um, which is sober badass. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's a lot of ways to throw those. And unless you're comfortable with throwing it, like I, I don't actually use it to hurt, like hit people up here. I kind of use it as like my forward motion where like I'll throw a teep to land on their hands. So their hands come down and I can come over and crack them in the face. That's awesome. And the funny thing is too, is that <laughs> I could see, I could see what you're doing right now. And you were giving me like the whole hand motion of where the placement was. That was super cool. That was like a, it was very informative. Uh, Christy, I'm going to ask you a, a similar question that I asked. Uh, I mean, there's a little known fighter, uh, Muay Thai fighter in Australia that I had on last year. Um, you may or may not have heard of him. John Wayne Parr. Uh, <laughs> I asked him this question and I, and I love the answer. So um, across the board, who is your favorite Muay Thai fighter? Who is your favorite uh, Dutch style kickboxer? And then who is your favorite MMA fighter currently? Or you can do all time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, honestly, my favorite. Like, I'm not, I'm like the weirdest fighter where, like, I don't really watch fights often. Okay. Uh, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, what do you think about so-and-so and so-and-so? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if they both train really hard, it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generic answer as best as possible. <laughs> most, of the, most of the people that I watch, honestly, are my friends. Like, the only time I, I usually watch fights is if I know someone fighting. So I watch Jillian, I watch Monica. When um, our coach Ryan LaFlair was fighting, I used to watch him, Dennis Ramunas, Chris Wade. Like, those guys, know them, love them, watch them all the time. Um, like, tonight, it's the McGregor fight. Everyone's like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, they're going to kick and punch each other. <laughs> and uh, someone might win. Right, someone. right, right. 
And um, it could be a draw, but like, you know, it'll probably be exciting. Shout out to uh, bringing up world record holder in the lemon juice drinking, Dennis Bermudez, who is a teammate of yours over there. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk... You want to talk about obscure world record holders? That's one for the books. He's a trip. He's definitely, um, definitely great um, energy to have in the gym. Like he really is. Yeah, he certainly seems that way, and he certainly was a badass fighter who brought it to the table all the time. And we we appreciate oh, it. We're we're glad he's uh, retired and doing well. So, uh, Christy, your last kickboxing fight was about a year ago. Do you have any idea? Like next week, a year ago. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. I thought I thought it was February. I remember that. Yeah. Um, February of 2020. So it's been about a year. So do we have any idea of when we can hope to either see you back in the cage or in the ring for uh, any one of your many, many talented fighting styles? Well, right now where I am in New York, it's like really hard, obviously, with the whole coronavirus, like everything shut down. We, you sure. know, we've tried to do like uh, virtual things, you know, where there was like no audience and like people like buy the streams and stuff like that. But like the government just keeps like shutting it down and saying no. Um, so it's been a little hard. We've had like different, like different kind of promotions, like come in and say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So like right now, any fight that I get is going to be out of state, which is, um, you know, people don't realize this that don't fight, I guess. But like, um, when you're not in the UFC or belt in, you know, in all of those other things, like that costs money for us. So like we have to travel. Most people aren't going to pay <laughs> for you to come you know, five states over to fight for them. You know, they might help you out a little bit, but, you know, when it comes down to medicals, you know, getting different medicals for different states and, you know, just different things like that. Um, I've been looking all around. There's a couple of promotions in Florida that have been looking for me. Um, you know, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to be realistic and I'm going to say April, but, you know, that would be like my, my target would be to be fighting somewhere end of March, early April. Uh, you know, I had a lot of big plans for this year, and this whole shutdown kind of messed me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, like, um, something like five fights scheduled after my February fight. Um, Jeez. Yeah, like, I had, like, five things lined up for, like, this coming year. Or last, what, whatever, last year, whatever. That was February. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> we had five fights scheduled, and we had, like, a plan, and we knew what we were going to do. And then it was just like, boom fight canceled, postponed, this one's done, this one's done. And it was just like, wow, you know, from, from having five to six fights lined up to nothing was like, like, first I was overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, I have all this stuff coming up. Like when it was like, oof, like, I feel like I'm going to be cutting weight every three weeks. <laughs> sure. I was like locked in my house. Like, I wish I was cutting weight. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you weight before, you know, that's not something that like we say. <laughs> Um, no, you know, uh, my friend, uh, when you fight in the heavyweight division of professional boxing, you never have to cut weight. Ah. <laughs> I have a weight cut closet in like my bathroom where it's like all of my supplies for like the cutting weight. And I went in there like in the middle of like the like official lockdown or whatever. And I was like, I miss you. <laughs> One thing I say to the smaller fighters, um, <laughs> who talk about cutting weight before is like, yes. I never had to cut weight, but then again, you guys never had to fight a 6'6", 275-pound Adonis. You know what I mean? It looked like he could break I, a tr truck in half with the right started, hand. I just started cutting weight, to be honest. Um, and that was more for um, MMA because, like, it's different when you're on the ground with somebody and they're much bigger yeah. than you. 
like when I fight at 125, like I don't actually cut weight for that. Like maybe like, maybe I just like watch what I'm eating like the week of and, but I don't really cut weight. Like I kind of walk around at 128. Um, so 125 isn't really a weight cut for me, but like the girls are getting bigger because they're all cutting weight. And next thing you know, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Wow. I, I, yeah, 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 like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, 120. <laughs> like, it's like day of, and they're like 140. I'm like, I haven't been 140 ever. Like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like old school, like pride, dude. When some of the some of the fighters from Japan and stuff would be walking around at you know 172, and they fight at 170, kind of a deal. Like, yeah, it's one of those. But again, it, it is different. You're right. It has kind of evolved where people are literally gaining 15 18 pounds yeah. between the weight cut and fight night so <laughs> you know we'll we'll cut, see if that like, changes yeah even when i cut like i do i cut like i cut about i guess 10 pounds but like i said like 125 is very natural for me so it, it's really not that horrible of a weight cut you know it's just something that i've never done before so I, luckily i am surrounded by seasoned weight cutters and like wrestlers like dennis and ryan and chris and jill um so they've definitely, like, me and Jill actually are, well, my last fight, she was fighting, I think, like, the day before me or something. Um, that was a big weekend for us. I think Jill fought, I fought, and Caitlin, um, blonde fighter, was actually fighting Valentina that same weekend. So we had a we had a big weekend that weekend for the girls. And, um, like, me and Jill would, like, she would text me. She was, like, a day ahead of me in the water load. And she's like, today's not the best day. So <laughs> she's like, you have not to look forward to today. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to live here in my day seven, you know, and you're on day six or whatever. So I'm like super lucky like that, that I have these people to like be with, you know, a hundred percent. The support means everything, especially other people who actually know what they're talking about, who have walked in those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. So that's a funny transition into my, uh, my next question, Chrissy, which is when it's time to really go hard on your favorite food. You don't have to wake up. You can indulge. It's a total relaxation. You can have whatever you want to eat. And what is it going to be? And where is it going to be from my friend? First of all, I love food more than anything in the world. Same. So I'm not that girl that goes out and is like, oh, I have a salad. I actually hate salad. Like, I never order salad. It's the, it's the dumbest dish. I'm sorry. That's our, that's our food's food. You're like, <laughs> like, like, when I get, like, mad at, like, the the – like restaurants, I get mad at the salad section. I'm like, why put it like just put all that steak and shit like on a plate? Why I gotta throw it on some veggies? Like that's stupid. Amazing. I hate salad. I'm not that girl. Like I can't even like food. When someone asks me what my favorite food is, like I'm like I don't know. I'm the girl at a restaurant when like when we're eating, ordering. I'm I'm like I'll go last. And they're like, why? I'm the, I'm like no, because I need to hear what everybody else is eating. <laughs> I want that. Like my like my, honestly, like if I were to like have the best dinner ever it'd be like small plates of like everything like oh okay full. like i'm a girl like i'm a picker like i want to eat this 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 but my go-to food when i am not training or cutting weight is actually disgusting and it's ramen noodle mm -hmm. bad i don't know why i like it so much it's plastic it's literally plastic <laughs> it. well you're certainly not alone i know a lot of people love ramen i I, that's not that's not for me. The, the most popular answer is usually wings and beer. That's yeah. the uh, that's the one that Whatever. gets the most traction. If I'm fighting during football season, then absolutely I want wings and beer first thing. But like, <laughs> I love food. Like I get I it. Like I just want a lot. I want a lot of things. I, I get it. Food. Believe you me. 
Um, that's another that's another benefit of being the heavyweight division. You really got to eat all you want, pretty much whatever you wanted the whole time. Um, so again, Chrissy, we have careened our way into the tenth round with Rhino. I mean, we are already we have zoomed through this uh, through this interview because we're having such a good time. So the tenth round is where I love for you to share your socials, let the fans know where they can follow you because we want to be on board with the doll. We want to see how your career progresses. We want to ride with you, my friend. That's the that's the point of this whole thing. So let us know your socials and where we can keep up with Chrissy, the doll, Yandoli. Well, mostly I'm on Instagram. I would think that is like my number one platform, and it's Chrissy underscore the underscore doll. So Chrissy the doll. There I am. I'm also, I am on Twitter. I'm getting better at it because of Jason from Underdog Management. Thank you. Getting better at Twitter. Um, and on there, I'm just Chrissy Andoli and Facebook is the same. Excellent. So yes, big shout out to Jason Adams, manager Supreme. He's um, yeah, he's, he's very cool, dude. I can absolutely co-sign on that. Really, really like him. And of course, his whole roster of fighters. So I've had the chance to talk to you guys are all been amazing. I mean, yeah, For- yeah, we're like me, Jill, Monica, like we're, we're, we're in one management team. Like this is like a team right here. <laughs> I talk, I dude, you don't have to convince me. You're preaching to the choir. I am completely <laughs> on board with this all together. So uh, once again, Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us today. I am super stoked to have you on. I can't wait for everybody to hear you. Um, I'm also really, really looking forward to the fights tonight. I'm hopefully you are uh, going to be able to watch some of them and enjoy it as well. And we'll absolutely check back in with you if you don't mind after your next fight. And we'll see how you've been doing. Yes. Thank you so much. This is Chrissy the Dahlia and Dolly, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, you know, like I said on the show all the time, we are not just an MMA show. We, we cover boxing. I would love to cover Muay Thai if it was more prevalent, you know, on the airwaves. Um, but how cool was it to, get to talk to somebody who not only has a really long and extensive MMA, I'm sorry, not MMA, but Muay Thai background, who is now in the world of MMA, has had a couple of MMA fights. I, I can't wait to see Chrissy fight live the first time. I don't care if it's Muay Thai or MMA or otherwise. What a cool person. What a great personality. How fun was she to talk to? that whole crew over there shout out to jason adams the whole crew awesome awesome thank you so much chrissy all right i want to get into my shout outs for this week to everybody who contributed in the rhino gang forum jess my girl the scream queen supreme from down in texas sin city sarah apb juice from the 40 by myself and breaking the fourth wall pods my boy dave frets at dave frets on twitter and instagram the iron side of grab design himself Gina G Spot from the Wocast and Shots Fire Pods, two of my most favorites, as everybody knows, because I gush over them. Love you, Gina. Thank you so much. So many other people in the Rhino Gang who contribute every week and who listen. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys every week and week out. You guys make the show grow. You make it better. You make me excited every week to do it. I know it was a little bit more of a boost last night having a big pay per view, but even on the fight nights, man, I just I love having this community. I love MMA Twitter. I know we fight with each other a lot and whatnot but i love being a part of it i love all you guys to the triple d to d range the best engineer in the biz to my man dave frets the best posters there are to my girl drea drea get better we miss you uh to everybody out there thank you guys so much of course to chris and the doll yandoli uh everybody i love you guys out there black lives matter stay safe and we will see you next week Thanks, side